Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Smoking and Toasting. It's episode number 30. Welcome. My name is Cruz, my co-host and good friend, Ian Barry. Uh, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show. So far, I'm doing pretty good today, unless you have uh, other other things to tell me about well, it. <laughs> well, it, it is. I will tell you, this show is already upside down. We've just we've just started it, and it's we, upside down. We haven't started it yet, and it's over. Well, here's the thing. We did the show last week, and we talked about we talked about many shows ago about the fact that Walmart had released their own yes. line of craft beer, and they were selling it. There was a story we talked about last week on the show where um, Walmart is now being sued over this craft beer. Apparently, it doesn't meet certain craft beer packaging right. guidelines. For those of you out there, you every time he says craft, there's actually air quotes around Yes, craft. You can't see that over, but the, you can't over the podcast. But you can't call a beer, apparently, there's some advertising guidelines. You can't call a beer craft beer unless, with air quotes, unless you, um, <laughs> unless you meet certain guidelines. And apparently, the Walmart craft beers did not. And part of what was at stake here, or part of what the complaint was, is that this brewery was made up, that there was no, the brewery that, it didn't say Walmart on the beer anywhere, uh, but the brewery that it was supposedly from was a fictitious brewery, and they were actually getting the beer from the Genesee Brewing Company. Uh, so this this has come under lawsuit, and so we talked about this on last week's show, and we made the decision right there and then, well, you know what, that this week for show number 30, we would taste the Walmart craft beer for you That's and right. tell you whether it was good, bad, or otherwise. And I, I remember thinking during the week, uh, you know, this is going to make for a fun show because I bet this beer is awful. And then I thought, I had this thought, what if it's really good? Like, what, yeah. if, what, what if we taste <laughs> That's the- That's a nightmare. Yeah, what if, what if we taste the stout and we go- Dude, I have to tell you, you know, like that would that would be a funny. <laughs> that would be, so that was scary, right? So all the reviews I'd read of the beer uh, online were pretty negative. So uh, I'm thinking, so I'm thinking it's going to be an interesting show. We'll have fun. We'll taste these different beers and talk about you know what's missing from them or whatever. And uh, so we go to pick up the Walmart beer. Ian goes to get it during the week, and wah, wah, wah. It, there's nothing there. Yeah, there's nothing there. There's yeah. Not a single. And I'm looking for what is called a box of trouble because the fictitious brewing company, yeah. brewing company was called Trouble Brewing Company, yeah. which is clever yes. and a little prophetic. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. A little foreshadowing well, going on there. And so I, I went uh, online to the Walmart website, uh, to their beer section online, and guess what? I searched some of the trouble beers by name, right? Like the particular kind of beer, the nothing. All the searches come back empty. So apparently Walmart has pulled There's no after-hours or after-party pale ale. Apparently not. After-party pale after ale. Party oh, pale boy. Ale. What uh, yikes. So, no, oh, apparently well. apparently it doesn't exist anywhere. So Well, um, so apparently there's, there's laws about craft brews being mm-hmm. actually made by a craft by brewery. By a craft brewery. Yeah. yeah. That's Imagine a, that. Strange, yeah. but true, you know. <laughs> Imagine that. You can't just say. stranger than fiction. I, I've always wondered uh, if there were laws in advertising about new and improved. Like, does it really have to be <laughs> new and improved to say that on the box of right, right. laundry detergent or whatever, you know? New and improved over what? Yeah, right. Exactly. You know? Well, you know, some of the, some of the um, uh, uh, laws about these things are actually pretty nebulous like and I'm I may not get this exactly right but I think if it's low fat or light it simply has to be lower in fat or lighter in calories 
than the standard thing right. or a comparable thing. Or, so or it some could be, one competitor's thing. Right. It could be not that much lower. You know? Right. In fact, there are some light beers that aren't really that low in calories and carbohydrates, but they're lower than some, therefore they are able to be classified as light beers. So anyway, uh, in preparing for the show, since we don't have the Walmart beers to taste, I stumbled across an article that I think can replace the Walmart beers for us, although we can't taste them. We'll talk about this, and if you want, maybe we'll do a future show where we actually taste that them. May, that may be fun. But I've come across an article that I want to share with everyone called The Ten Worst Beers in the World. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll taste some beers that are not going to be in that category. Uh, we'll be tasting the Brazos Valley Brewing Company Mama Tried Citra IPA, the Guinness Rye Pale Ale, and the St. Arnold's Bishop's Brew 13. Bishop's Barrel 13. Uh, Bishop's Barrel, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, I said brew. Bishop's Barrel. Um, so that's going to be exciting. And you brought in, a, uh, tell us about this bourbon that you brought in. Oh, this bourbon is fun. This is called Bone Bourbon from Bone Spirits Distillery. And where is the Bone Spirits Distillery? It's in Smithville, Texas. Oh, really? Yeah. Right along Smithville 71. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, east and a little south of austin i didn't know either and the what happened is i was driving along and i think i was either playing a video game on my phone or zoning out or i might have been while you i might have been dozing off no i wasn't driving along. sorry my wife was driving okay along. gotcha <laughs> also <laughs> that's also easy to do when you're driving down 71 there's not many bends in yes but um <laughs> but no so i was in the passenger seat and my wife's driving along and uh and oh that's what it was i was dozing off and she wakes me up she goes hey Look up Bone Spirits Distillery that says there's one in Smithville because we were just coming out of Austin and into Smithville on our way home on Saturday. And so I said, okay, and I grabbed her phone and I simply put it into the Waze app. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But, mm. Oh, Waze is great, man. It takes like traffic and everything into account. Love oh, nice, that stuff. Nice. By the way, send me some money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or something, advertising. Um, so uh, anyway, so we're looking at the, uh, so I type it in the Waze app and it takes us literally right, uh, you know, like that's less than 10 minutes away. And I just hand it back to her and she drives us straight to the distillery. We go up to the that's how you know room. you married the right woman. That's, <laughs> I'll just say that right now. That's how you know you married yeah. the right. And woman. they have they have quite a few spirits, but uh, their their biggest thing is Bone Distillery's uh, biggest thing is all of their um, all of their spirits are from farm to bottle in Texas. Oh, There's very interesting. No outsourcing anything. It's all right here in Texas uh, from the from the juniper berries for their um, for their gin, uh, all the everything. So. Um, and it was everything was quite good actually. We tried quite a few things. We had a, a gin called uh, it was a barrel aged gin, mm. which is unusual. That's, well, that's becoming a thing though. Yeah, I've been yeah, reading about that's this. Unusual, yeah. and that was delicious. We took that over to a friend's house and had martinis. Which, by the way, that nice. makes an amazing martini. Okay, we still have to do our martini show where we pair we off the gin to. martini versus the vodka martini. We got to get we got to get the right people in here so to do that. So they had a whole bunch of spirits, and it was tough to kind of boil it down. But you know, I like bourbon. Mm -hmm. They had a bourbon and they had a whiskey, and uh, and I decided on the bourbon even though both of them were quite good so i decided on the bourbon mostly because the bottle looks awesome it is a good looking but no it really it's very simple like clean lines yep. but i love it love it yeah so we're gonna try that in just a little bit fantastic so uh well it's been an interesting week for me i've had a lot going on um you and i like barely even had a chance to touch base this week but i I'm, i am wondering if you found time to smoke anything interesting i did i had a uh la carême or le carême le carême 
is what it is. I think it's a French name. It's by Crowned Heads. It's oh, Crowned a, Heads, yes. Yeah, it's it's a good cigar. And uh, I was turned on to that by uh, uh, one of the guys at the cigar shop. I think I stopped at uh, Serious Cigars. And one of the guys said, okay, well, you got to try this. I told him the flavor profiles I like. And it was really good. It was, uh, of course, it was a Maduro, so it's um, right up my alley. And it's, like, almost black. Like, this Like, this really dark, oscuro so wrapper dark, looking. Yeah, yeah, so dark and uh, almost black almost black looking and uh and it was a very simple looking cigar as well it was great lots of chocolate lots of uh like burnt caramel flavors and things like that and i think they uh they uh, uh advertise it as kind of a dessert cigar a but dessert it's not a flavored cigar, cigar. Ah, you know it's not like it's not like they imbued a bunch of flavors or, or misted it or anything mm-hmm. like that or infused it or anything it's actually not it's just the natural flavors of it it was it was a really creamy Burnt caramel, chocolatey. Some well, that's what the name makes it sound like, right? Right, right. and uh, and uh, man, it was a fantastic cigar. The burn was great on it. Um, I never tended it. I think it went out once uh, when I left to go get another drink. There was no penalty on the relight, or almost no penalty whatsoever on a relight. Um, even the pre-light draw was delicious. Like. That made you really Love want to like this cigar. Yeah, it was really, it was really good. Love when that happens. Yeah, so uh, it was kind of pricey cigar. Um, I think it was in the nine or ten dollar range. Okay, I'm going to give it about a premium, six. but not like yeah, the I'm going to give it a six or seven. It's definitely okay. worth the money. Okay, and maybe even a little better than the money. Um, so yeah, I'd get it. Again. Interesting, interesting. Well, I had an interesting uh, cigar as well, and oddly enough, and we didn't plan this, but I also. Got this cigar at Serious Cigars, so so we <laughs> nice. both uh, we both are uh, uh, plugging those guys uh, this week without without any compensation. Uh, but uh, uh, no, I like those guys over yeah, there. They're they're, nice. they're a great shop. They always have a, a good stock, and I always am able to find things there that I haven't smoked before, which I really enjoy going and, and looking for something new. <clears throat> and so I found uh, I thought I had probably smoked most of the Artur Fuente cigars. At least that I was interested in, right? Uh, but I discovered an Arturo Fuente that I hadn't had before, and so I went ahead and bought it. it was a little pricey. I went ahead and bought it. Uh, it was the Arturo Fuente uh, Don Carlos Personal Reserve Robusto. I've never even heard of that. Uh, Tell apparently, me more. Apparently, it is a relatively new cigar in the Arturo Fuente line, which was released uh, to honor the late Carlos Fuente Senior, mm-hmm. who passed away. Last year, and the Don Carlos line, you, I think it probably had a Don Carlos mm-hmm. or two or four day Don Carlos before, which are, I think, if they're not the best, it's a tie between them and the Opus X for uh, what's the best uh, Arturo Fuente cigars. Um, but uh, that whole line is named after him. He passed away. He was like one of the, you know, the El Jefe of the cigar world, basically. Um, and so he passed away. They did this cigar to honor him, uh, to honor him. And uh, it's Dominican with a Cameroon wrapper. I lit the thing up, and it immediately rocked me. Like not not in terms of power, but just in terms of how delicious it was. Nutty, cedar, sweet caramel gets nice and spicy once it heats up. Really complex. Reminds me a lot of the regular Fuente Don Carlos mm. Robusto. Uh, it was about a $13 cigar, but I would still give it a seven uh, because nice. it was it was terrific. Like I'm thinking, I'm going to pick another one of those nice. up. So, uh, so that's my recommendation for the week. And uh, boy, we got a lot to uh, talk about, including the ten worst beers in the world and. A new craft beer bar opening in Houston. We'll tell you all about that coming up. It's all right.
Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, uh, the radio program formerly known as Sip, Smoke, and Savor. Uh, my name is Cruz, my co-host Ian Barry. Our show is about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we love to uh, enjoy all of those things and love to talk about all those things. And that's really the whole thing of what the show's about. So, welcome back. Yeah, we can talk about anything, but we keep coming back to we, those things. We, you know, you're right. We, we can talk about all kinds of things, from movies to right. you know, science fiction to whatever. But it's always the cigars always comes and the booze uh, right. that we come back to uh, to talking about. Isn't it? Isn't it? Um, this is show number thirty, by the way. The show, as I said, started out as uh, Sip, Smoke, and Savor. We had to do a name change uh, a month or two ago, and uh, but this is our thirtieth show, so that's kind of a. I'm big looking deal. forward to show number forty when we can have our. Uh, like midlife show crisis. Well, that's that's going to be show number forty. Will be our forty ounces to freedom show where we review forty ounces. For oh, the that's show. a great yeah, idea. Yeah, that'll be. Won't that be awesome? Right. So just ten more shows. That'll be our. 40s. That'll be our top forty submission. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, we got a lot of interesting things going on on the program uh, today, but uh, not the least of which is the beer tasting. And um, I have to say, I brought in one beer this uh, this week. You brought in two, and I'm really curious about one of these ones that you brought in. This Guinness. Guinness Rye Pale Ale. So Guinness apparently is noticing that craft beer is a big thing. Well, Guinness is Guinness Draft, the original Guinness, you know, the yeah. Guinness that we all know and love. Is that considered a craft beer? I don't think it is, but it's always respected because it's such a good beer. Well, every, right, everyone I mean, either it loves is, it or even if it's not their personal taste, yeah, they understand it's, it's, that it's It's a, what stout is. Right, you know, exactly. That's what everything it's, else is it's compared to. It's the watermark, to. yes. Right. And so having that standing, it's interesting because they've always just made that, and they've had some other little things on the side, but they've always really just made that. Now they're branching out a bit. Um, they had a, a nitro IPA a while back that was okay, was drinkable. They mm -hmm. had an American ale that was drinkable. This one- Which is interesting since they're an Irish company. Right, right? yeah. I mean, like, well, but kudos for them to go, you know what? Let's do, yeah. I There's like tons of American companies doing our style. Right. Why don't we let's set do an American ale? And again, point. it was yeah. good. It was a drinkable. Uh, it was a drinkable beer. I enjoyed it. Well, uh, I will tell you that my experience with rye pale ales is I either love them or I feel like they miss the mark. Like I, there's no real middle ground for me with this particular style of beer. This is. Um, I've tried this already previously, so oh, I can tell okay. you. A, well, a then open bit. that bad boy yeah, here, here, so I can catch up. I like it. I'm like using it. my uh, uh, Texas shaped. Uh, bottle opener by the way yeah it's it's the size of a credit card has a little texas uh stamped out and it opens bottles and the shape well. of texas is what actually opens yes. the bottle yes i like that i like it texas very much. opens beers well <laughs> well we have to love that i'm actually pouring this one a little heavy because we're both going to enjoy this yes oh okay so you have already tried this i and have tell actually, me that just you recently like it. yes well i will tell you right off the bat i like it and that's why i brought it well this um, smells they great hit on the, the mark on this one like their other beers were okay yeah they were drinkable this one is good like this is a good beer. Mm, this is I like something I would buy just because of that. What am I tasting here? This is a fruitier taste than I would okay, have expected. Okay, so yeah, right. That's that's a right? lot of the same uh, reactions mm -hmm. that I had. It says it says an aromatic amber ale brewed with rye malt. Nothing about that prepared me for this sort of date raisiny flavor. No, not at all. And it's yeah. an interesting, interesting flavored beer. Mm -hmm. And again, it's, it it's, is. It is very light, though. A lot of yeah. times when you have a beer that has these, that sort of raisin or date mm -hmm. flavor to it, you're dealing with a much heavier beer. This one is very light. The carbonation makes it really like light on your tongue. Right, right. And it's it feels like a, uh, 
you know, like a spring or summer beer almost, you know? The uh, the date and raisin kind of flavors that you have are usually kind of a darker flavor, but the rye, I think, um, really brightens up the finish on mm-hmm. it. So you don't mm-hmm. get a heavy, like, like I like Belgians that taste a lot like that. Right. But, uh, but this doesn't taste anything like that. You get those little flavors, the hints of it, and then this crisp rye finish on it that's really nice. It's almost like a, a sweet corn flavor in yeah, there. Yeah, a little bit. You know? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, And uh, And I enjoyed it. I, uh, you know, my wife saw it. She loves, she's a big fan of Guinness, and anything mm-hmm. Guinness she's going to try, uh, which is why I've tried all the Guinness stuff so far. But she saw this, and she said, let's try it. And I tried it. I said, wow, that's a really, really good beer. Well, I don't want to tell your story, but Guinness is responsible for you and your wife actually meeting. <laughs> that right? is true. That's yeah. <laughs> that is true. Basically, the short version of the story is Ian was in a band that was playing at a bar that his wife, although not he didn't know her at the time, Went to because she was looking for a place that could pour a really good pint well, we of Guinness. Well, I was playing at a bar in Baytown, Texas. There you go. Okay, now Baytown. Not known for its Guinness draft. Is not known, yeah, not known for its uh, uh, craft beer right. distribution. Anyway, uh, so I'm playing at this bar where most people that go to this bar are going to drink uh, the macro brews, you know. Mm-hmm. If it has light as a last name, it's probably being drank there <laughs> right, quite right, often. Right, right, yep. Um, and so anyway... Uh, I'm I'm playing a gig because uh, I knew the bartender. The guy was, uh, I guess, uh, booking bands and managing at the time. And he called me up. He goes, I need a gig for St. Patrick's Day. Uh, or I need a band for St. Patrick's Day. And I said, okay. So I showed up to play this gig. I set my, uh, set my gear up and I start playing. I think I was two sets into it when this girl walks in. And she sits at the end of the bar and she's sitting by... Um, your now wife, yes, actually. who I did not know at the time. <laughs> and so they, this is a- <laughs> right, and they get to talking, and um, and uh, anyway, so come to find out, long story short, come to find out that um, the reason she ended up at that bar is because she was at her parents' house and she wanted to go out, so she had her brother drive it was her St. Patrick's Day, right? Because yeah. it was St. Patrick's Day, she wanted to go out, so she had her brother drive her around her brother wasn't old enough to drink yet she had him drive her around you know drive her drive her off at a bar and pick her up but she called around baytown everywhere around baytown and found one bar that actually served guinness like, <laughs> and it was the bar you were at the bar that i was playing at and right, uh, i met my wife so <laughs> yeah guinness is responsible for that so i'm That's okay with it great, but i will tell you story. i really did enjoy this beer i think it's a i think it's good drinkable beer i think it's it's five percent so it's reasonably sessionable is this something that's available do you know year round or is it a seasonal i got it at my local grocery store well, I don't know. I don't know if it's seasonal or anything. I haven't looked that yeah. far into it, but it sure is good. I like it. I like it very much. Well, we will be talking about uh, some other beers that I suspect we're going to like, as well as bringing you an important article because this is what we do. We should we find something we feel like is important that's related to spirits or cigars. We or sacrifice beers. so that you can have the right. news. So we're bringing you the ten worst beers in the world. It's a new article, and I think <laughs> Ian that maybe we should. I don't want to get ahead here. But I think maybe we should plan a show where we actually try to taste these. We should definitely do that. Are we going to do this list? Because I want to keep a running count of which one of these we've already tasted. Well, let's let's start at the bottom of the list. We have enough time, I think, to get started in this uh, segment. So we'll start at the bottom. Uh, and I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, no, it looks like that's okay. I was trying to figure out which which was the bottom and which was the top of the list. So. Uh, let's start at the bottom with number ten. We'll talk about a couple of these. We should have time. All right. This so segment. every one of these, we're gonna we're gonna say we've either had it or we hadn't. So we can just kind of take a tally. Just, Correct. So just at number way. ten, the Bud Light Chalada. Oh, unfortunately, I have had that. <laughs> now, 
let me just say, there's nothing wrong with a great michelada, but that's not what's in this can. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's that's just what I would say uh, in response to uh, this. Uh, so here's what it says: the article says, "Ready for premixed Bud Light and Clamato." Neither was anyone else. One reviewer <laughs> said, "This best of both worlds beer had ocean water." funk and clam taste which kind of sounds like the name of a band a band we never ever I want like, to hear I like the, yeah, that's what I, the I article want, says i want to call a band clam taste now yeah. well you you <laughs> i've heard you refer to this as uh uh as something other than bud light gelato didn't you call it uh bud light it, oh it was would the you call it clamato but yeah whatever, bud like right? clamato yes yeah, yeah. so. Uh, not so, good. No, not good. Uh, so that's number ten. And you've never had this, I think. I, I have actually never. I've had a michelada, but I've never had this. <laughs> never so, had this. Yeah. <laughs> so it just looked like it would be bad. I just have to say it. It did. I looked at the can and went, uh, "That's not for me." <laughs> well, that's not hell for no. Me. Um, in at the number uh, nine position, Miller Genuine Draft Light sixty four. Uh, it says here, another beer for the fitness-oriented and taste bud indifferent, complete with a short-lived number 64-ing social media uh, campaign. Like, if you take the stairs instead of the escalator, you're hashtag 64-ing. Oh. Or if you use your biceps to throw away 24 unopened bottles of Miller Genuine Draft Light 64, you're hashtag 64-ing. <laughs> it's a very well-written article, by the way. That was pretty nice. Uh, and, and they're pretty opinionated. And you have not so. had this? Oh, I've had this. Oh, okay, yes, you I have, have, so i got to put that down. There. I've had Miller uh, Gen- Genuine Draft 64. Yep, yep, Miller Genuine Draft 64, I have. Uh, it's, you know, I don't, it's not the worst beer I've had. I can say that you know it's it's, it's like you know had. you know when you're I mean it's not you good, know when your Dr Pepper has been sitting there for hours <laughs> and the ice is flat and the ice is melted into yes, it and you have uh, just uh, enough carbonation left to know that it used to be a soda. That's kind of what it's like. Oh wow, that's it. That's really <laughs> that's really a good way to describe it. That's really a good way to describe it. Okay, so we'll do number eight, and then we'll come back to this list uh, because one of the things obviously we want to do is is taste more good beer. I don't want to just talk about. Bad beer, but we will do a show where we try to taste some of these. So, um, at uh, number eight is Milwaukee's Best Light. Uh, I hate to admit that I've had that too. Also known as the Beast the Light. Beast Light. Yeah. Uh, so imagine a grizzly bear that's declawed and defanged. It says. Also, instead of a grizzly bear, it's a teddy bear with the stuffing taken out. That's this. That's what it says about this. I have not had Milwaukee's Best Light. Tell me about it. Um. Remember that last comparison I just made? Yes, it's kind of like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's it, like there's. A, I don't know that there's that much difference except for um, Milwaukee's Best Light is sold at a um, price point where they can't even afford the cold activate cold activated containers, oh, right, so that you, right. which I like to refer to as the early warning system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because if those mountains aren't blue, it's not going to be good. Oh, yeah. oh, that's a good point. Well, here's what I think about these uh, these beers. I feel like these last two beers we've talked about are the kind of beers that even people, and I have plenty of friends like this who like really light, non-heavy macro brews, even they find these to be too light and not have enough taste and, and flavor. So, uh, so all right, we'll have more of that list. Plus, when we return, we'll uh, taste the St. Arnold's uh, Bishop's Barrel 13. Is that next? Yes, I have all Bishop's right, Barrel 13. Let's do it. It's smoking and toasting.
Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. My name is Cruz. My partner, Ian Barry. We are looking at our list of the um, <laughs> of the worst beers in the world. And we've given you number 10, uh, 9, and 8. It is okay, now so time. It is a dubious honor, but I'm beating you 3 to 1 on those beers that we've On how many so of those far. you've tasted. Yes. Fascinating. <laughs> That's really fascinating. What so does that say about me? Number 10 was the Bud Light Chilada. Uh, number nine was Miller uh, Genuine 64, is that right? And Milwaukee's Best Light was number eight. Right. Oh, and the Bud Light Chilada, just so you know, when I tasted that, I just recently got a haircut by yes. my hairstylist friend out in uh, Austin. Yes. When I opened that can and tasted that Chilada mm-hmm. and couldn't drink it, he goes, I got this. And he drank it and for he, you? Yeah, he drank it. I moved <laughs> on to something else. That's he, a friend who will it. drink your bad beer while you uh, <laughs> uh, upgrade uh, to something better. Uh, not only have I not had a beer number seven, I don't know that I've heard of it that's on this list. Um, it's Camo Genuine Ale. Are you familiar? Never heard of it's, it. Here's what it says here. We're wondering how a malt liquor from Vegas <laughs> could get into the world's worst beer list. Just kidding. We know exactly how it got there. It's a malt liquor from Vegas. <laughs> But don't worry, at 8.6 ABV, you don't have to drink too many to forget you drank any at all. So that's that's a, this is a really well written uh, article. I'm trying. I need to look back and uh, discover where I got this article from. But uh, uh, but so that's Camo Genuine Ale at number seven. Now number six, I've not only had. I spent a summer really trying really hard to. Drink this beer. I think you've and told have me this, this beer story. Be my go-to beer, <laughs> and uh, it, obviously it didn't stick. Number six is Michelob Ultra, and it is a. Um, I I think maybe the most popular of all the beers on this list because it's a very popular beer. You can find it at almost Everywhere. any bar you go into. Yeah, which and is odd because it's one that I haven't tried. Here's oh you have I've not never tried, tried Michelob Ultra. It. Never once. Really? Wow. Uh, I will just say it makes Coors Light taste like a stout. <laughs> that's, that's what I would say. Um, Michelob Ultra. It said like a. It says here in the article like a '90s sitcom dad crashing a '90s sitcom slumber party. Michelob Ultra is still trying to convince everyone it's hip. Except no matter how many hopeful young actors they hire, nobody's buying that bunch of hikers who would lug a cooler of Michelob Ultra to a waterfall. And you've seen the commercial they're talking <laughs> right. about. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 a good point. Uh, I do. I do kind of refer to Michelob Ultra as the workout beer because every commercial they show people like working out and then celebrating with the Michelob Ultra. And if you're really – I got started drinking it because I'll tell you exactly why. Because I was doing the Atkins diet Mm -hmm. uh, this one particular summer. And it is one of the lowest carb beers. So if you're going to have a beer, like you can have one beer and that's your carbs for the day. And you can't eat anything if you're trying to, you know, be good and stay on the diet. Or you could maybe have a couple of these. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll go Michelob Ultra. So I, I, I really worked on trying to, and that was when this beer came out. By the way, was during the time when the Atkins diet was kind of like all the all the rage there for a year or two. So I'm drinking it and I'm trying to, you know, get into it and like it. And then a friend of mine told me, you know, Miller Lite has only got like one carb more per bottle and miller light is delicious 
compared to Michelob Ultra. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like I felt like I had upgraded to craft beer. Like it was that. It was that starving man. And I've said this. I've said this before, and I'll and I'll say it again. When I'm in a situation where all they have is uh, you know, mainstream mega brews, I will almost always go um, Miller Lite. Because I think it, of of the of the mainstream brews, if your if your taste is more craft beer, I think it's much more uh, satisfying than some of the other. It actually, I feel like it has some flavor. See, oddly enough, choice number one for me would be Budweiser. It, well, regular Budweiser, regular, okay. not yeah. Bud Light, yeah. Budweiser, straight up, and yeah. make that stuff cold. Yeah, well, and that's the same thing with Miller Light. If it's super cold, of course, I will drink a Lone Star or a Lone Star Light too. I in, think in Lone Star is a far superior flavor. Yeah. I like Lone Star. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, I think that's fact, a far I, superior. I've been known flavor. to order that from time to time, and it is not on the list. So, at number six, Michelob Ultra. At number five, and then we're going to stop talking about bad beer and taste some good beer uh at number five and i think you will appreciate this um <clears throat> number five is uh, milwaukee's you know uh, you know what i skipped one i apologize Uh-oh. uh camo genuine ale was actually number six michelob ultra was actually number five yeah you're getting tested buddy yes i know at number um oh I'm so wrong. I thought I skipped something. I'm just looking at my printout here. I thought I skipped something because I didn't recognize that can, but that was the camo. No, I'm correct. Uh, Michelob Ultra was number six. At number five, here's what they say. They say, we usually get a bit nervous when a business is verbally overly confident, like Harry's super happy dentistry experience. This beer, (laughs) which pours out, as one reviewer poetically notes, like a urine sample in a glass, (laughs) confirms our fear. No surprise, it's historically known as the Beast, and it's Milwaukee's Best Premium. Yeah. You've had this, haven't oh, you? Oh, yeah. See, I, I, I've never had either the Milwaukee's Best or the Milwaukee's Best Light. I've had how would, both. How, you're in sample in a glass? Is that fair, or is that like way too harsh? Do not let it get less than, say, 33 degrees. Oh, yeah. Like, if it's not on the cusp of freezing, it's... <laughs> Like okay, so that stuff is it can get like not good when it's warm, and right. I'm saying if you shotgun that cam, by the time you get to the last bit of it, it might be too warm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you know, you know, they say, and and I'm not a believer in this personally. I like my, I like all my beer cold, but they say that particularly for some of the crap beers, that it really is more about like a room temperature or a slightly cooler than room temperature. If that if this beer gets to room temperature, you're in big trouble. Oh yeah, you're not drinking that. Yeah. You're not drinking. And the and the stench. Yeah. Like when it, by the time it gets to room temperature, you know that day after beer party smell. Oh, oh it smells oh, like that yes. almost instantly. Yes. The smell that the beer bottle has when you left it on the counter after the party, yes. and you're going to throw it away, and, yeah, it passes and somebody's under your already nose. put a couple cigarette butts oh, in it. Oh yes, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. All right, enough talk about bad beer for this segment. We'll come back and give you the top of the list. Uh, but uh, let's open this uh, St. Arnold Bishop. First of all, do you understand the difference between the St. Arnold Divine Series, which we tasted one of those last week on the show, and the Bishop's Barrel? Absolutely. The St. Arnold Divine Series has all the exact same label, and you never know what's in it. Uh-huh. The Bishop's Barrel actually tells you on the back of the bottle. Oh, so now you know. And <laughs> so this is Bishop's Barrel 13. What this is, is it? What we have here, Cruz, is a Belgian-style quad ale aged in bourbon barrels. And I will read straight from the label. We just went. I just like to point out. We just went from Milwaukee's best <laughs> to a Belgian style. We cover quad. everything. We are not <laughs> held back. 
Wow. With our Bishop's Barrel Series experiment, uh, we experiment with pairing our ales with a variety of different barrels, fruits, or whatever else might strike our fancy. We age these in our barrel room anywhere from a few months to well over a year. You can find out more details, starnold.com backslash BB Cheers. I think I've read a review that said St. Arnold is one of those companies that is, I was waiting for you to pop that. There, there we go. go. Uh, that is kind of blurring the line in some ways between wines and beers because of this series, yeah. because of the way it's aged and the oak barrels and all of this. So it smells uh, so good. What do you got on the nose there? Good on the nose. There's a lot of raisin in this. A lot yeah. of raisiner. Uh, date, a lot of the darker flavors in mm -hmm. this. It's, it um, looks. It's a beautiful the bourbon. Beer. Yeah, it's gorgeous color. It's, it's a nice dark. Um, what would you call that? It's it's caramel. Not, yeah, it's dark a caramel. caramel. Yep. That, there you go. Perfect. It's oh a, wow! What a great what a great the head on it's almost perfect too. Look mm -hmm. at that! Like it's mm -hmm. a perfect even distribution of head all the way across it. So this strikes me as, and it's funny we've been doing the show what thirty episodes now. I taste this and immediately go, "This is an Ian beer." Oh yeah, you know this is yeah. right up your alley. Yeah, this is this is um, more your dark meaty kind of fruit mm -hmm. flavors. You know, right. Definitely heavy on the date raisin thing, date, but in a very raisin. different way than the one that we talked yep. about in the last segment, which was lighter. Yep. And uh, you get some of the uh, bourbon barrel, some of that char kind of flavor. You're, yeah, in there you as definitely well, do. You know? Almost oakiness, which is yeah. really weird to describe in a beer, but it's good. Right. This is uh, this is good. This is I, I will drink this all day long. Now I wonder. <laughs> Although if I probably the, shouldn't, because I'm sure it's it's <laughs> somewhere in the you know upper. I wonder. I wonder if it says what that on the, the label. I don't see it on here at all. Yeah. We'd have to find out. I wonder if they even uh, post it for this series. Now th these are limited, correct? These only come out for a while and then yeah, go the away. Yeah, the Bishop's Barrel usually comes out uh, one one new one every. I don't. I think it's every few months, maybe. <clears throat> it's not every few months, but maybe twice or three times a year, maybe four times a year, something okay. like that. Maybe yeah. I, there's a lot of them, and they haven't been out that long. Well, so. I think Divine comes out four times a year, doesn't it? Divine comes out once a year, doesn't it? Oh, uh, we're gonna have to you see. So. We have to get okay. So St. Arnold, we're coming for you. We're, we're, yes, we, we really do. I've got friends there, and I think uh, you do too. I know Bobby does. So uh, we'll we'll work on getting. Um, hopefully, we'll get Brock from St. Arnold. That'd he's be the, awesome. He's the kind of St. Arnold dude. Um, we'll get him to come on. That is the oldest craft brewery in Texas. So it's yep. it's like a, a fabulous. Fabulous place. I've been to their old place, which was awesome with no air conditioning, and I've been to their new place, which well, is awesome with air conditioning. Now. Yeah. Okay, I haven't been to the first one. I the guess. first I'm one, like, I have a great story about that. <laughs> yeah, but we'll tell that. Maybe maybe at another break. <laughs> okay, so when we come back, we'll top off this well, worst beer in the world list for you, and I'm going to share with you. Uh, there is a new craft beer. If you're in the Houston area, there's a new craft beer bar opening in Houston. We want to tell you about that, and it's time to taste. The bone, bone bourbon bone in the next segment. Spirits bourbon. Yes, yes. Let's do that in the next segment. So, uh, so thank you guys for being a part of the program. We appreciate you uh, listening, and we will be right back. This is smoking and toasting show number thirty, and uh, thank you for listening.
say I love this band. I love the Suffers. They are uh, they're a Houston band, although they're performing all over the world these days, and they're just getting to be bigger and bigger and cooler and cooler. And they're awesome. And I saw them uh, live again. Um, they were played uh, before the Super Bowl. Actually, yeah, one of the yeah. big free shows down uh, in front of all of that uh, crazy Super Bowl madness down there. a good. Uh, their trumpet player John Durbin. I've known him for a lot of years. Their he's, horns are awesome. Yeah, he's such a good player. They have such a I, fun guy. Too. What I lovingly call lazy horns, which is that you know they can kind of Slave float in. Above the uh, above the rhythm of the oh, I love well, it. when you have a horn section with a bunch of players and you can take the ego out of it, uh-huh. and what what and that means is totally what that means is the horns across. don't have to be up front. They can lay right. back. They can be a pad. They can just kind of like create mood. And what's nice about that is you don't have a horn section of a bunch of soloists all the time. Right, know? right. It's not about okay, look at what I, I can do. Yeah, when I went to school, when everyone was doing that, we had uh, we had so many. Um, Singing uh, vocal mm-hmm. majors in there, our choir sounded ridiculous. Right, because everybody was everyone's, showing off. Yeah. everyone's trying to be a lead <laughs> singer. You know, I <laughs> uh, love it. So we are uh, smoking and toasting. This is the show that's about uh, uh, really anything we decide to talk about, which is how we get off on topics like uh, like the suffers and horn players. Uh, but the show's really about craft beer, uh, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we are counting down our list of the 10 worst beers in the world. And this is actually not our list. I got this uh, I got this from someone else, and I will try to give credit uh, when I get up to the top. Okay, what list. number are we on now? We are on <clears throat> number five. Number five. Out of the top, mm-hmm. or out of the bottom five so far i've had four and you've had two yes that's correct we've had uh and i just want to make sure i'm getting these numbers right because they are uh it, you know it, al- it almost doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> you're so right about that so here we are at number five and uh it's budweiser select 55 uh conceived it says to be the lightest beer in the world at 55 measly calories so basically a step up from pond water uh, the one reviewer <laughs> Was kind enough to compare it to Bunny Pee, which is at least adorable. Uh, oh, at least so, it's cute. Yeah, so oh, there you go. Budweiser Select 55. So, uh, have you tried I, that? I have, actually. Okay, so I, I have, have not tried that. Uh, it's, it's basically, for me, it's indistinguishable from Michelob Ultra, even though I understand it is. Like a calorie or two less, so uh, it's you can't taste the cal- caloric yeah. difference. No, you you really can't. Uh, so I talked about we talked about Milwaukee's best premium. Uh, did we talk about? Oh, did we talk about Sleeman Clear? I have never heard of. Nor Sleeman have I. Clear. Nor have I. But Sleeman <laughs> Clear, brewed for low carb content, which surprise surprise is what got a lot of these beers on this list. Uh, the marketing team optimistically describes it as clean and refreshing. This article says we call it insipid and depressing. <laughs> Plus. Sleeman sounds like the name of an ornery junior high school just, science teacher. I was just about to say Sleeman is like the worst name you can put on like <laughs> Sleeman. It, it sounds like an alien on the, the <laughs> remember that show Land of the Lost yeah, that Saturday right. morning but the Slee Stacks obviously but Sleeman uh, it's that Sleeman. kind of a word right? The Sleemans are after us. Uh, so I don't know where we are on account, but this one's number two, <laughs> Natty Ice. Natty Ice. Natty Ice. Oh. It says, beyond being the second worst beer in the world, Natty Ice, Natty Ice has its own Urban Dictionary page. Among the many very thoughtful descriptions, quote, what a skunk would taste like if it were liquid, 
end quote. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Oh, man, it's going to take me a while to you know shake what, some of this I want to point so Hold on. Before we get to number one, I want to point one thing out, okay? Yeah. Every one of these beers sells somewhere. You know, you're absolutely right. This is like Nickelback. Like, everyone wants to gripe about it. <laughs> right, but they sell but millions of records. somebody's buying it, Well, okay? I think I've mentioned this on the show before, that I spent uh, about three and a half years living in St. Louis, which is where Budweiser and Isabush uh, Brewery is. And uh, obviously, it's a big deal there. It's part of the fabric of the city. It's right, not just yeah, a, yeah. a local brand. Like, I mean, it's a big that deal. That is everyone a huge is part of their economy. Yeah. It's a huge part of the economy. Everybody's very supportive of it. But what I found the most interesting is that every bar you go to not only has, you know, obviously Bud and Bud Light and, and, and then their craft iterations, but it also has Bush beer. Bush. And Bush Light. Oh. And I have to tell you, those beers are both really, really terrible. Why aren't and yet those on the list? They sell like crazy. Well, I would totally have put them on the list. There's actually several beers here that I would have put on the list, including many that I've you know drunk during really. I had a I had a guitar playing non money times <laughs> of my life. I had a guitar playing mentor at one point in time who, anytime uh, he was drinking, he had a Gramignet and a Coors Light. Interesting. Like that is just awkward. That's like a really super heavy liqueur yeah. and an <laughs> ultra ultra super light beer. That's yeah, really yeah. interesting. Well, the thing that uh, always struck me about Bush when I lived in in St. Louis is like, okay, you're at a bar. They obviously have Budweiser and Bud Light. If you're if you're into like macro brews, like there are better tasting macro brews than Bush and Bush Light. And boom. People would order Bush, like not because it was. I mean, they would order it like because they wanted it. Oh, see, now I would, I would say, I will tell you that Budweiser, in and of itself, that beer itself is not all that bad. Well, I it's would not, agree. With, I would agree. My with favorite you. by yeah. any means. I would agree. With but ice cold, not all that bad. Mm-hmm. And I would choose that any day over the 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 Bush. So you ready for number one? Bush iterations. Why don't we do this before number one? Can can we have whiskey? Oh yes, let's please do. Please <laughs> you realize we've almost committed to doing a show where we taste these. We're going to have to do this. Awful right? beers, right? Yeah. All right. So I haven't opened this bottle yet. All right. Let's hear it. Ooh, I oh, I like that. Yeah, there you you go. got the pop, and then you got a little the, splash. And a little splash there. on it. That it might be on my beard too. A that little bit. was nice. <laughs> Your wife will love you forever. <laughs> She's uh, good like that. <laughs> she got off early today. She's at home taking a nap. I uh, love it. Mm. You'll come home, and she'll be like. Your beard smells like bourbon. (laughs) Come here. (laughs) Okay, I will say right off, I love the initial nose on this. Yes, yes. Yes. Well, very, very. Like I said, so we stopped at this. uh, We stopped at this brewery on the way home from Austin. It's a little town called Smithville, Mm -hmm. and um, it was. uh, They had a lot of great, a lot of great spirits. Like it was hard to choose which ones to buy because you know, if I had the money, I'd just be like, give me one of everything. Sure, of course. And two of these because it was really good, um, but uh, we had such a great time that we're gonna have to reach out to them and uh, see if we can get them on the show. Okay, but let's like do a little like tasting here. Let's see. What, let's see taste. what your initial contact so with on this the is. nose. I'm getting, um, of course, that bourbon sort of smell. I don't know how to describe it any other There's way. There's a sugary yeah, kind a sugary of sort of smoky uh, smell. Smoky to smell, it. and then I'm getting honey. Lots of honey. Lots of yeah, honey. Yeah, that's yep. a very bourbon thing. Mm, mm, very, very nice. Okay, so I'm going to try the first taste. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
That is surprisingly smooth. It is, isn't it? Wow. And the heat comes back in the hair. It it comes after. Yeah, like it it, comes it's after. a real delay, so uh, it's, almost like three, four seconds. There's not before the yeah, heat this comes is back this is kinda like, you know, when uh, Bugs Bunny would take a big swig of something <laughs> and he'd be fine for a second and then all of a sudden but it's not it's not as extreme as that. You know, all of a sudden his ears would be steaming. Right. But it's not extreme like that, but it does kinda go away and then come right right back and then all of a sudden you have a little warmth. This is left. one of the reasons that you and I are friends. Because this is not the first Bugs Bunny reference you've done on the show. I love Bugs Bunny. Abracopocus. <laughs> See? That's what I'm talking about. Hocus Cadabra. And, and my favorite, along. Walla Walla Washington. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is when he uh, is when he talks about a 14-carat carrot. Yes. <laughs> That's my favorite. So, uh, so this is a delicious – this is, uh, again, uh, talk about this rum and uh, – I'm sorry, this, uh, this uh, bourbon and where it comes from. It comes from Smithville, Texas. Okay. Uh, their whole idea there. Uh, we talked to the guy. He had a um, he had a great spiel. Uh, he pitched it to us, and it was believable and it was wonderful. Uh, he was very passionate about it, um, and he talked about how from their 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 whole um, idea is from farm to bottle. It's all Texas. Nothing's outsourced. They're not going outside of Texas for anything. So it's literally everywhere that they get uh, their their uh, barley, their everything. I don't know if this is an appropriate way to describe a spirit, but it tastes very fresh. Does that like? But not just, green. No, not green. Yeah. Not like it's it's not like a pasture fresh. But it just tastes it tastes fresh in that like sort of clean way. It has yeah, sense. and yes. it does it has such a nice finish to it. Mm, and the, the heat is, is so far back when it comes up it's just oh, a nice yeah. warmth. Like I call it heat, but it's a nice Bugs warmth. Bugs bunny heat. And what's funny is it yeah, it just it just clears it clears your palate almost mm. instantly mm. too. This is a kind of bourbon that, that goes great with uh like a good robust cigar. Um Sure, or, because you've got that after You've right, got the heat coming right. late, which would really blend well. Man, I really want right. to light also, a cigar right now. <laughs> also, this is going to be like a great after-dinner kind of... Uh, it's Yeah, it's different, but it reminds me of what was it, the Makers 64? Was mm-hmm. that what we had? It reminds me a little bit of that because of the way the heat is so late. And yeah. it just makes you say, oh, this would go so well with the cigar. There's, there's, there's a lot of complexity in the beginning mm-hmm. of the flavor of this, too. This, uh, I really know complexity. And, and, you know, it's just a little distillery in Smithville, Texas. Yeah. And I was I so glad to that. find them. I was, I we had such that. a great time that uh, we're already planning a next trip out there because, uh, like I said, the, the, uh, the aged gin that we got, the bourbon barrel aged gin that we mm-hmm. got was outstanding. Okay, and we must have. More we of must that. do a gin show. Must have must. more. Of okay. That. All right. So uh, we are going to uh, take a break for this segment. When we return, uh, we'll reveal the number one worst beer in the world according to uh, the survey that we have. Oh, by the way, uh, let me give him credit. It comes from vinepair.com. It's actually a wine site that has a whole bunch of articles about beer. And a whole bunch of tasting articles about beer. And they're the ones that did this article about the 10 worst beers in the world. And we'll reveal number one to you coming up. And we're going to taste a Citra IPA. It's the Mama Tried Citra IPA coming up in the next segment. You are listening to Smoking and Toasting. On the beach in Hawaii. 
or Costa Rica. Doesn't matter. Uh, whatever works. Costa Rica sounds good. Yeah. Whatever, wherever the beach is, I'm down. See, I've got cabin fever. Even though, you know, we're very fortunate here at the show. Both Ian and I uh, live in Houston. And it's actually probably going to be like eighty degrees today, so it's yeah. not like it's not like we have that much to complain about. Just but for I reference, it's the what is it twenty fourth right now? Yeah, of February. Of February. Yeah, of February. Not even March. February. So we have nothing to complain about. But uh, you know, people. Uh, it's funny. I had friends from New England that came uh, down here for the Super Bowl, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh my God, you get to live here!" Like it was, it was <laughs> like a, a a paradise, a tropical paradise to right. them in February. And they go home, and there's still like six feet of snow on the ground. So uh, anyway, it's 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 nice to be here, and we have nothing to complain about. But still. Being on the beach, that does sound really good. <laughs> that does sound really good. Uh, it's Smoking and Toasting. My name is Cruz. Uh, Ian Barry is here. We have uh, one more beer to taste, and we have to unveil number one on our list of the worst beers in the world. Number one is Natty Light. Uh, I have to put another was, hash on here. You knew that was going to happen, right? Well, we did Natty Ice at number two, but apparently Natural Light is... Worse. Here's what it says in the article, which came to us from vinepair.com. It says, it takes a lot to make it to the very, very bottom. Natural Light, Natty Light, a.k.a. Natural Light, formerly Anheuser-Busch Natural Light, has been working toward the depths of macrobeardom for almost 30 years. <laughs> from all of us who relied on your buzz-inducing affordability for as long as we could stomach it, we salute you. Oh, wait. We meant to say... We pass out. <laughs> no, <laughs> and that's what Natty Light is about. So no. I just want to point out something that's funny about this particular list, right? We counted it backwards. That means we actually went from the best beers. The best of the bad beers to the worst yeah, of the so bad beers. Yeah, so we actually started yeah. off with better beers in this we list. Start, yeah, and <laughs> and I, I would have to say, if I were making this list myself, like I would rather have a Natty Light than that horrible Clamata thing. The Clamata uh, thing is yeah, scary. That's just scary to me. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but again, that's me. And I will say, if I had been ma- making the list, by the way, I would have included a beer which I actually used to buy during a time when I like had, I couldn't afford to buy any good beer. I couldn't even afford to buy Budweiser or like a macro brew. Uh, I would go out and buy a twelve pack. Of Keystone Light. I remember Keystone Light. And Keystone Light, I'm convinced, is just Coors Light in a different can. <laughs> but but it may not be. There may be like a little funkier taste about the it. The can's not cold activated, so there's no early warning there's system. There's no early warning system. I will like, that's, why, that's why Coors and Coors Light didn't make this list, is because they actually have an early warning system built right. into the can. And, and it helps people to know. Um, they haven't changed the beer in years, but they will sell you a new packaging. Now, I will tell you this, Ian, about this this about Coors Light, which is one of the waterier, waterier beers on the market. I actually like Coors Light in the right situation. And this stems back to when I was very uh, young, in my 20s, um, and I was DJing. Blah, 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 blah. In a, this is this in is the sound of the, really the bat flashback yes, right. you know, from a yeah. movie. Blah, 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 blah. I was DJing <laughs> in a nightclub in Florida that was on the beach, and it was hot all the time. I mean, it just it just was always always hot. So it's the type of thing where you go to work wearing a t-shirt and shorts, and you you're DJing, and it's so hot and you're so thirsty. That you need to basically pound liquid, i.e., beer, 
right. the whole time. So you could pound Coors Lights, and it's actually pretty good when it's cold. And you know you wouldn't be drunk after like six or seven or eight of them. I do understand you know? the sessionable beer. Like Rolling yeah. Rock was always my go-to for exactly what you're saying. Well, there. I will tell you this: I don't, I don't think the Rolling Rock that they sell today can even hold a candle to the Rolling Rock. Of I yesterday. think it's different. Yeah, we talked it about that different. at one yes. point in time. Maybe we should. Oh, it's too bad we can't have like an old Rolling Rock and a new. I wish we could find one. It used to be a thing. Like I used to think of of Rolling Rock as almost like a premium beer like i would think of it along the lines of maybe how you would think of a stella artois or something like that but at the same time stella's pretty good like that too is if you're gonna drink all night long if you know if you know like like i play a lot you know play a lot of gigs where i'm gonna be there for you know five hours um i'm not gonna go drink buried hatchet all night right you can't do that you'll be like yeah (laughs) (laughs) although that would be fun to watch like i could drink it at the same rate however the the differences in in results will be vast. The actual performance, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah of course. So, well, yeah, that's what I was saying. So, when I would be DJing, you know, you're DJing for like a seven or eight hours, right, right. Like you can't just, but you want to drink because you want to get a little buzz going, but you can't like you can't afford to like have buried hatchet all night. So, yeah, you're, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. Uh, kudos to you, Southern Star. And there's another. Otherwise, otherwise, by the end of the night, you're just playing Sabbath, yeah, and no one gets it. <laughs> oh, you're just sitting there going. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, come on, do you know anything else? Uh, All right, so, so while we're on that, I've, yes. I've got uh, I've got this beer. This is the one you brought, actually. Yes, it this is, is, and I'm very excited about this. Brazos Valley Brewing Company, and yes. it's called Mama Tried. Brazos Valley is in Brenham, Texas. So they're sort of they're close to Austin, close to Houston, you know, kind of uh, central east Texas. So there's two ways to get to Austin from Houston. Mm-hmm. One is I-10, right. and you go out west, and then you go kind of go. north yep. on 71. Mm-hmm. But you can also take 290, which right. leads you directly in Austin. And we actually uh, left last Friday and went out to Austin on 290 and came mm-hmm. back the other way. When you go out 290, you actually go right through Brenham. Yes, so. and it's so it's it, it's it, Brenham also is uh, famously the home of Bluebell ice cream, which anyone in Texas is is familiar with Bluebell. Uh, but uh, I was not familiar with the Brazos Valley Brewing Company, and uh, this is a very interesting beer. The name Mama Tried comes from a Merle Haggard song, so a classic country and western song, and uh, it's a Citra IPA. So I'm thinking this is going to be the kind of beer I really like because I love the sort of citrusy sessionable. IPAs. I don't like them if they, I'm not as big a fan when you get into the, you know, the double and triple IPAs and the Imperials and all of that. Right. Because I feel like sometimes they're just, you call it chewing on a pine cone hops, you know? <laughs> sometimes yeah. they are, yeah. Uh, but but I really like the citrusy stuff. So I'm excited to try this. Let's let's uh, crack it open. Oh, nice. That's such a good sound. Isn't it? I loved that sound. So uh, they use a two row crystal. Uh, two row and crystal forty five malts with Cascade hops for bittering. By well, the way, Cascade hops can be. Re- I mean, they're one of the most versatile hops. I've learned a little bit about hops uh, just reading about IPAs. They can be one of the most versatile hops that are out there. You can use them to really lay the hops on, or to do something that, like I'm hoping this is, is more sessionable. So yes, they also uh, hop burst with citra for its flavor and aroma. I am actually reading this off the can. I know it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm actually just reading it off the can. Well, that, that works for me. It totally works for me. So they also so. have a little Texas on the back, and they show uh, where mm. they're made from, where they're made, and then College like, Station. 
is a 40-minute drive, and Austin is a one-hour drive, and Houston is a one-hour drive. Okay, well, I guess they want us to come by there and check it out. I believe they would like us to come That's and check out the like brewery. It. So I, we may, It smells good. It smells very citrusy and very hoppy. Yeah, it, I was going to say, you get a little of that Cascade hops on the nose and a little bit of citrus. It's a very clean, hoppy kind of smell. Mm. It's a very clean, hoppy taste. Wow, that was good. Okay, I like this a lot. This I would is drink my this, yeah. initial response to this beer. I would put it in the same category as maybe a... Founders All Day IPA, something along that line. But it may be a little citrusier. Is that a word? Citrusier? More citrusier? Citrusier. I, like I don't citrusier. even know. I don't even know if more if it's more in, citrusy is. A I word. bet if we look it up on Wikipedia, citrusier is definitely a word. If not, at least Urban Dictionary. <laughs> least I Urban love <laughs> I love Urban Dictionary. By the way, that's like one of my favorite things. Whenever like somebody says something that's too hip for me to understand. This is I good. Go I may actually rely on this in the summer. I'm liking this. This is a very sessionable summerish brew. Yes. Like I like to have a couple light beers in the summer that I'll toss in if I'm out floating on a river, which I'll be doing again this year. I would describe this as... There's a lot of lemon in this. Yes, as as being a little lemony. Yes. A lot of lemon. And that's where the citra comes from. It's yeah. less of a grapefruit. Right. Like, some, like the St. Arnold Art Car IPA, which I it's, like it's a lot, has a grapefruity like the, taste to it. it but this is more lemon. It sits on back, like, outside parts of my tongue, right? It's mm. like a little bit of lemon zest in there. and so it's mm. I, I like it, actually. BrazosValleyBrewery.com if you want to... Uh, Check out more about these guys. This is quite good, Ian. I'm, I'm pouring. Man, more this into was my a cup. slam dunk today on all. Well, the beers. we've had yeah, good beers today. It's funny, the beers have been as good as the beers we talked about on the list were bad. Right? Yeah. <laughs> There's so, that. But that show is coming because this is what we do. This we we put ourselves out there for you guys. We're going to taste all of these. Yes, bad just beers. so you know, we're not doing this for us, or at least this as is, many of them as we obviously can find. we sacrifice like this every week. Yes, we do. <laughs> if you are in the Houston area, I mentioned this. There's a craft beer bar franchise that's coming into the market. Have you heard of the Brass Tap? I have not heard of the Brass Tap. Well, apparently, they are a uh, craft beer franchise uh, that are based in Florida, and their goal is to open. Uh, one location this year in Houston and continue to add others. Uh, the Brass Tap guys say, we get these uh, local and uh, regional beers that people have grown accustomed to. We bring them in so everyone can enjoy them. Locations are usually between 2,800 and 3,200 square feet, and they feature, this is where it gets good, Ian, 60 taps Yay. and 200 national and international beers along with wines and food. The first one opened in Florida in 2008. They started franchising in 2012. So if you are one of our Houston listeners, which I know we have a lot of Houston listeners because, you know, this is where the show got started, um, look for that coming sometime this year. So, uh, wow, I am really enjoying the Mama Try. And last thing before we go, because we got off the subject a little bit, I just want to say on our top ten worst beers, Mm -hmm. um, your final count that you've tried on there was four. Oh, I would have thought more. And my final count was six. Oh, well, all this really means is that you've had more passed out on the floor nights. I'm not sure which one of us wins that. No, I get exactly. (laughs) I don't know whether high or low is actually winner on this. Yes, I agree. Which makes me bad at gambling, but... Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to work on a show in the very near future where we try to get as many of these bad beers together as possible and taste them because that's what we do. We got to get a guest for that show. Guess what? Guess who's our guest next week? 
Joey Williams from Specs, our beer connection. And I think he'll be bringing beers. So very excited about that for next week's show uh, for number 31. It's been a uh, a real pleasure bringing the show to you this week. My name is Cruz. My partner, Ian Barry, thank you for listening to Smoking and Toasting. And as we like to say, cheers. Smoking and Toasting. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Radio Brave.